Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. And spoiler alert, I'm Bill. I'm John. I'm Charles. I'm Seth. Jenna. Chris. And I've uh, got uh, some interesting stuff to talk about. Uh, there's been some fascinating developments on Star Trek Discovery. We're going to talk about the, uh, the new uh, HBO Max Roku deal, which is yes. amazing. And also Time Warner's uh, decision to simultaneously uh, stream content as it airs at theaters and more. So... Um, I think let's let's kick it off with uh, Star Trek Discovery. So the season, and um, there's going to be spoilers here if you're not through, I think it's episode 10, right, John? I think there's only two left. Uh, yes. I mean, so, episode 10 of season one? Yep. Season, no, no, season three. Three, yeah, season three. <laughs> season one, Seth's hopeful. So he hasn't seen season three yet, right? I haven't seen, seen part season of it. two yet. Uh, season oh. three has three episodes left it looks like okay so 13 13 yep, 13 episodes yeah you guys were talking about a red angel time suit and i'm like what the hell's okay. that well we're yeah, way yeah we're looking at the red angel time suit in the rearview mirror yeah we're way beyond now yeah yeah so there's a whole lot of developments um in this season and um uh, I don't know. It's so hard to tell where to begin, but I think uh, I'd like to begin with the most recent episode, which um, brought back one of my favorite, and I'll say quotes, characters, because it's really a thing. Um, but now it's a character. So this is Carl. And Carl, um, for those of you that don't know, is actually the guardian of forever. So, how many of you are familiar with the original series of Star Trek? Well, you mean uh, among us, right? Beyond, beyond John yeah. and I. Okay. So, do you remember the episode "City on the Edge of Forever" written by Harlan Ellison? Um, yes. Is where... that the one? Go ahead. Is that the one with the mirror? No, no, not the mirror universe. So, this is one where McCoy accidentally fell on a hypo. Yeah, the gate. That's what I was talking about. And they go back to 1930s uh, Earth. And uh, actually, McCoy goes through first and changes history such that um, the Enterprise doesn't exist all of a sudden. So that means that uh, Kirk and Spock have to go through the portal to try to fix the problems with history. And uh, so the only other time that the Guardian of Forever was seen in Star Trek was in the animated series. And... um, of course, since it's an animated series, I didn't watch it. Um, it was a favorite for fan fiction, too. <laughs> <laughs> the animated series was actually, it had a lot of the scripts that they were going to use in the series. Uh, I understand. Bill Bill's famous for hating, uh, literally hating 
Uh, no, I don't dude, hate. You hate here, here he is, I'm putting not, words yeah. and stances in your mouth again. <laughs> there he is, right? I don't. Uh, I don't I, hate I, animation. I'm just doesn't. not a big fan. I just prefer. I've, I've seen life you action sitting in a room full of people who like anime, telling them why they don't like anime. No, this so is it's true. like I know that, that, that Linda was there. No, Linda she wasn't. remembers. Yes, she was. She's Linda, sitting right next to me. Linda remembers nothing. <laughs> Never happened. Doing Dude, the course, Jedi Linda, you remember nothing. Um, now, but anyway, that, that particular animation style was not very good. So, well, they didn't have a lot of good animation back in the they stage did, when that was being not. made, that, yeah. and that may have been what soured me on it. So, what's this? Is oh, is this from the? This must be the animated no. episode. Is it? Of, maybe. Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah. So well, I. I did you ever do you remember what the animated episode was about john or did you do you, did you I, watch it i do not okay well i think it involves spock going back in time for something oh I just, yes he, he had to do something and he you found out about his pet salot oh okay. you actually got to meet it ah because yeah um you remember he talked about that as uh, you know is big cuddly teddy bear with fangs right right yeah Right. Okay. So one of the things that we learned in the original series, they asked about the guardian of forever. They asked him, you know, could he slow down the, the rate at which he showed history playing out? Um, no, he said, this is the form I was constructed in. This is the, I have no ability to change any of that. But now suddenly in this episode, uh, not only, um, is the guardian of forever changed he's now a person named carl and well can... i think he just picked a name just yeah. god damn it carl god yeah. damn it carl all those walking dead memes coming back to me now <laughs> right and damn there's carl, carl and there's the new guardian of forever um in the future much more uh evolved and advanced well, yeah, but better, still the same better. general shape um I think you hit it on the on the head in basically explaining it in terms of the fact that the guardian explained himself as being unchanging right. when they when it was uh, original series, but the time war, yeah, which like is something that happens in right. the uh, you get much more of a, a history of the time war, uh, which started under Enterprise, um, right? Captain Archer with the, dealt with the time war. But it's like weaponizing time caused, uh, in Bill's theory, the Guardian to actually morph into a more proactive character. Yeah. So, which I, I I can see your point. So are they at is are they actually referring to the Time War from Enterprise? Uh, not yeah. from Enterprise specifically, no, they, but they, they do they refer to the Time War. They are to the Time War from Enterprise. That, that is that is literally the same time yeah war. but i mean they they didn't mention enterprise they just well they didn't mention the enterprise war. yeah they mentioned a lot of things though like uh the the kelvin universe is now canon yep because just one sentence they didn't explain it but they do know that the kelvin universe exists yeah, yeah. the uh Multiverse. the head of starfleet knows that there's a kelvin universe because there was a, a time soldier from the kelvin universe that came over to our universe during the time war. And uh, that's how they found out about the Kelvin universe being created by Spock going back in time. So that all is all now officially Canon, uh, which was interesting. That was interesting. I yeah. wonder what that's going to do. 
did, did the time soldier from the Kelvin universe, was he just like really, really good at doing these sick zero G stunts no, flying his, through his, asteroid fields? His he body might have spent been. most of the time trying to jump back in time and jump back to the, the mirror dimension. And it's like uh, he kind of shook himself apart. Yeah, so uh, the whole reason for the um, Guardian of Forever episode was to resolve an issue um, with Emperor Giorgio, who, if you remember, Emperor, Emperor Giorgio was brought by Michael Burnham from the Mirror Universe into our universe. And so we find out um, that uh, every molecule and atom in your body wants to exist in the universe and the time in which it's created. Now you can jump forward into the future and it takes a little adjustment, but eventually you, you can you can survive there. But if you combine two things like jumping universes and jumping around in time, your body can't take it and it will eventually rip itself apart. And so that's what starts happening to Giorgio. She starts phasing in and out of um, space time and uh, her mind, she gets these crazy hallucinations um, different, um, of different times and, and uh, different universes. And so they decide that the only way to fix her is with assistance from the guardian of forever. And so well, he kind of just appeared and started doing stuff. Yeah, but it's I like, mean the the um, the sphere data, the sphere data that's taken over Discovery. So the Discovery's computer now is the sphere data. And um, what is the sphere data? So that's part of the season two episode. So uh, the whole reason they jumped to the future was to protect this data that got downloaded to Discovery's computers by this gigantic sphere that was 100, over 100,000 years old and had knowledge spanning the universe. And so it uploaded that into Discovery's computers. Um, but uh, the computer known as Control, which was the AI created by Section 31 to sort of scan and uh, for anomalies and and help them, you know, um, do their mission, uh, found out about the sphere data and it wanted it to evolve to its next level state, which would have involved the destruction of all living life forms. Why so did they want that? Why did uh, Control want that? Yeah, was, no, was, no. Why, why did Section 31 want that? They didn't so, want that. Yeah, Section 31 was taken over by Control. Control evolved beyond their ability to uh, control it. Okay, so control is the AI. And control is the AI. Fear yeah, data okay. to evolve. Right. Okay. And, and so discovery. World building, like the level of mythology they're they're creating is, yeah. it's a lot of fun. It's a yeah. lot of fun that a lot of uh, shows don't do anymore. Right. Except they're creating all this mythology in the past, where no one from the future series knows about it. Well, yeah, and, and that's <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons why they took the show. A thousand years in the future right which you'll find out about at the end of season two yeah so so anyway so that's why discovery jumped to the future was to get away from control so that it couldn't get its hands on the sphere data mm -hmm. but of course now that jump 
had a dramatic impact on Giorgio. And um, so the, the sphere data, so the, the sphere data sort of has taken over discovery. So discovery's computer now is, is the sphere essentially. And um, the nice thing is it's a very benevolent um, yeah, it seems to be have everyone's best interest in mind at the yeah, moment. Yeah, it it does so. it does everything it can to protect the crew and and of course itself. And uh, so they ask it, you know, what's the best way to help Giorgio? Because even nine hundred and thirty years in the future, um, according to their best scientists of the time, there's no way to resolve this. And that soldier that came forward uh, in time from the Kelvin universe, uh, eventually he was torn tore yeah. himself apart and died horribly. Yes, you can be out of time or out of place. You can be from another dimension or you can be from the past, but you can't be both. Right. So, for very that long. That feels silly. It does. But it's, you know, part of the mythos. You know, you well, it's, to... it's, it's, their, they, it's their MacGuffin. Let them do what they well, want. I know, I know. There's just a little bit, little bit of a free will problem there. but Right. So, so where was this on the Guardian Forever, this portal that takes you through time where was this um well it was we, on a planet nobody ever it was on a planet but nobody ever knew the planet's name until this past episode of discovery um, so people just happened to come across it then and that's what well, yeah, the enterprise okay. encountered a strong series of time waves that made them go to the planet and then they investigated and something drew them there okay yeah, yeah and that's where it got that's where it got discovered back in the original series which is an interesting question. Would you, uh, if, all right, you're captain of a military vessel, you find the Guardian forever. Would you want to tell your government about it? Well, would it you want might, to turn well, that Well, yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up because I was wondering how did that not get logged? How did that not It did, it did. The Federation knew oh. about it. Okay. Yeah, but, but I mean, I mean, like, Right now, would you want to trust the administration with the ability to change time? No, but I no, but I trust the Federation. I why? Because they're all good. Are they now? Do you? We do you, were don't just you talking about Section Thirty-One. Yeah, and <laughs> don't you just remember? Talking about that. Don't you remember the the aliens that took over the Federation during? Right. Uh, um, but that's Next not Generation? the Federation's fault. It doesn't matter. It's like all of a sudden these things have the time travel. So, right. but I, but here's the thing: if this thing's throwing out time waves, sooner or later, other cultures are going to find it. That is true. Time would, would would you destroy it? No, because the uh, the loss would be too great. Would it? Yeah, because you can. Would you be able and, to destroy it? Well, yeah, that's a good is question. this a destroyable thing? Yeah, the Guardian does and seem you, to be powerful. Just in case with against the people who can time travel on their own, like as an alternative way to go fix whatever issues you're battling against so what was the what was the first part of that jenna i got the last well, part there are some species i thought that could time travel on their own so if you're not one of those species you yeah. need that as a way to combat whatever efforts they're trying to do yeah we know the q can time travel on their yeah own. i was about to bring up q mm -hmm. well the the humans of the 28th century could could time travel but it's like yes they um, had time ships they did they 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 basically that was that was that was a very recurring theme in Enterprise, the Time yeah. War. But it, right. but I mean, what do you do? You're the you're the commander of the vessel that finds the Guardian at the edge of forever. 
what do you do? Hmm. It's like literally, if you turn it over, you turn it over. If you don't, you're going to get in trouble probably. Because, I mean, you can't really hide it, the fact that you discovered it. But, I mean, do you have do you have an uh, well, obligation? Moral to, obligation to not... I would think you know, in any other yeah. in any other universe, you would have uh, your crew. You'd have crew members wanting to use it. Yeah, to go back and see their long lost loved ones, or to get a promotion, or yeah, or to hook up with that girl. That was the, the future, which I, is something I, you just can't do. Yeah, I mean you that was the whole reason. Day yourself, basically, so you could get the girl. <laughs> Like so, 10,000 times through this one day just so you can succeed at the date. Well, that's actually a Rick and Morty episode right there, but yeah. Yes. More or less, yeah. yeah. But, you know, that, that was the whole reason they kept the mirror, mirror universe such a strict secret was because the fear that people would want to cross over to see loved ones that they'd lost in our universe and who they'd were still be evil? alive in the other one. What? And who were evil? Well, they might not necessarily be. Oh, evil. yeah, that is true. I mean, it was just, yeah. it was a mirror. So if yeah. you were maybe really yeah. good in this one, you might be really bad in that one. Yeah. You lost your wife. But so if you the, were, the, if your you mirror were universe mediocre, wife is there, yeah. but she has a beard. If you were yeah. mediocre here, you'd be <laughs> mediocre there. Your mirror, mirror universe who wife who died here is okay in the other universe. But she's a space Nazi. But I, I bet and she has a beard. and a lesbian, so she's not interested anymore. <laughs> Sounds like a pretty interesting space drama that should probably be written out in a comic. <laughs> yes, someone's I mean, already written that fan fiction. Probably and there are so many Star Trek shows that I want to see that they'll never ever make. Well, it's yeah. like the, the Star Trek does is like actually the premier uh, franchise for time travel, and it's really? like it's, I would say it, Doctor Who. So yeah, Doctor, Who, Doctor Who is not time travel. Doctor Who is what? all about... Doctor Who is a living MacGuffin. Well, technically, um, it's still time travel. Star, time Trek, Star Trek deals with actual like <laughs> philosophical is... issues. Like, all right, like the one we're talking about right now, you can change the past. But also there's episodes like uh, Tomorrow is Yesterday. where and, and the one with Gary Seven, where they went back in time and it turned out everything that they did was required. That actually, literally, they were a part of history and they didn't even know it. So they've got they've got a balance of how they do time travel in a very good way. Doctor Who doesn't do time travel worth shit. You're forgetting. I, I'm saying that I'm saying that as someone who really likes Doctor Who. No, no. But you're you forgetting talk, about the best Star Trek time travel story, Star Trek Four. <laughs> what else? Oh, I didn't forget about it. It's just there's so many. How do I get them all? And it's like. Um, I don't know where that one fits in. I don't because they didn't change the past or did no, they? but they, it was still time travel. It was still and great time travel, it. yeah. So I mean, would that one be where they they weren't necessarily expected to go, but they managed to accidentally not uh, well, we, change time? And we don't know for sure that they didn't change time because they did bring back that cetaceanologist with them. They did. Right, and, and who knows what sort of contribution she might have had? Well, if you remember, they also introduced the, uh, or Scotty gave them the transparent, transparent aluminum formula yeah. for yeah, transparent did. aluminum, and he's like, hey, right. "Do we know the guy? How do we know he didn't even invent the bloody thing?" <laughs> That's right. just irresponsible. <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy. 
at some point, Star Trek is going to have to be careful because they're they're teetering on Marvel mm-hmm. with all of the 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 changes. A little bit, and that's where that's where my wife actually yeah. doesn't like a lot of things that get into a lot of time travel when they start doing that because there's so many. You know, it's it's Very like nice. that meme where the guy's sitting there and he's trying to calculate all this stuff that that's impacted by whatever, and it, yeah, she hates it. I can understand why because you get into these types of conversations and it's like, well, yeah, then you can just change anything. You can rewrite the story to whatever it is that you want at any point. Just hit the reset button. So that's yeah. time that's why. Yeah, that Chris, that's why I think the best time travel episode that I've seen Star Trek do. Just like hands down is in DS9 where they go back into the trouble with Tribbles. Yeah. Oh, I need to see that episode really bad. That was good. In that one, they can't change the past. So, like, they go to a lot of effort not to change the past because, you know, they're in the episode and they can't. Mm -hmm. And that's like, that preserves canon that let them play around in the past a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. So in and this ha- one, they actually are concerned about changing the past because <laughs> most times Star Trek, they just go and do whatever the hell they want anyway. Well, Star yeah. Trek Discovery yeah, is yeah, just been, Star Trek Discovery has just been coming after canon with a freaking. Uh, it gets it's get worse. It, season one and season two are just awful for that, and it's <laughs> like I think that's why they ended up just moving the whole thing a thousand years in the future because. I don't know what they thought they were doing, but what they ended up doing was just kind of, uh, you, you could feel them like trying to tiptoe around canon and all the fans were getting madder and madder and madder. Were, were they trying to tiptoe around canon? I'm still on the freaking Klingons. Well, and I, me too. I hated the Klingons. I thought the Klingons were just, it's basically whoever the showrunner was just wanted to make their own Klingon. And it's, well, it they wanted, they wanted to be able to monetize it. Yeah, they could have made a new species, just like, oh yeah, these are the Glorbulons. They're yeah. really angry. But yeah, the, what do they have to change it by 20, 25 percent? It's like I don't know why you had to turn Klingons into like whatever you turn the Klingons into. I mean, it, basically, they they put a bunch of Klingons in a hot topic and shook it really hard. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, they were very kind of. They looked almost like they were made of vinyl. Exactly. See. Yeah. So one of the things that I thought was really interesting in this episode, Linda, can you put up that last picture of the doorway that Giorgio is going through? So when they first get there, um, so this is a uh, the second part of a two-part episode. Um, and um, in the first episode, we meet Carl and Carl's got this doorway and they open up the door and the door just looks like it, you know, just looks like if I built a, just a standalone door in my backyard There's and open it up. You'd stand there. A door you'd... frame you could find in Lowe's. Yeah, that wasn't right. nearly as impressive even as what they did in the original series. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, but they they um, did hear very similar what they did with Jodie Foster in Contact. And that was Giorgio walks through the door, but as she walks through the door, she ends up falling on the other side of the door carl and, just made a construct that giorgio could understand and burnham goes to grab her and in that you know five to ten seconds that she walked through the door and fell down she actually ended up living several months in the mirror universe 
And of course, Giorgio thought, you know, she was just imagining it all because she's been having these hallucinations all along because her body's kind of self-destructing. Uh, but she also, uh, Culber had fitted her with this health monitoring bracelet uh, to kind of keep track of her vitals while she was going through this stuff. And they uh, looked at that after she came back to consciousness and they found out that it had recorded several months worth of health data while she was in that five to 10 second walk through the doorway. So that leads you to believe that she had a real experience that lasted several months, even though it seemed almost instantaneous for us, uh, on this side of the, the portal. And, um, what they did here, I thought was really fascinating in that this whole season, uh, and, and even uh, especially in season two, when Giorgio is brought over from the mirror universe, she is a badass bitch. And she doesn't take guff from anybody. She, she, she'll talk anybody down. She'll stand up to anybody. It doesn't matter if you're the head of the orion syndicate or whatever um, she's an asshole is what you're saying she <laughs> she takes people to task she doesn't take shit from anybody and she'll have you you know begging for forgiveness no matter who you are uh af- within five minutes of talking to her so she's a real badass and she she seems to have a chip on her shoulder over the fact that she was brought to this universe from the mirror universe and that everybody here is just uh weakling jerks and that nobody knows how to get things done and this this whole this whole deal right um and then this happens that crown is ridiculous by the way what is the crown that is it's actually ostentatious yeah. yeah but it is actually pretty awesome uh the way um you see it used in certain scenes of the episode where she's she'll be standing in front of a view screen looking out and behind her will be the Karen which is the emperor's new uh, starship that's being built that has like this miniature Karen? the Karen yeah <laughs> the, right. US, the USS manager Karen <laughs> <laughs> no no yeah. C-H-A-R-O-N star system oh, I want to speak to your manager okay. yeah C-H-A-R-O-N Karen. not K-A-R-E-N I was like, that's too obvious, Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, no. So, but you'll be standing the there Star with the Trek ship in the background the and the ship has like this, I don't know, it's like this, almost like a miniature sun that it uses as an energy source, but it has to do with the mycelial network, but it glows. And when she's standing there with this halo around her and this big glowing, there it is. That's it. That's the, what you see in the center there is the uh, energy source of the Karen, um, out the view screen so they do a lot of cool uh, effects with it like this uh but anyway to get back to my point here she goes to the mirror universe right and she gets there and at first she's like she doesn't it takes her a minute to come to grasp with where she is right well then she starts interacting with the people there and over the course of the two episodes she comes to realize that everybody in that universe is a real asshole and that her experience in our universe has changed her fundamentally and that she is no longer that person. And she does things to save like um, 
originally in season two, when we first go there, we find out that that the Kelpians, they use Kelpians as slaves. And when they get close to their Vahari, which is this sort of puberty-like thing they go to, which changes them, uh, they get culled and they're, yeah, this is them as slaves. And they're actually used as food. Uh, they get served up as, as dinner. So no need she, for you to watch the show. Bill will now tell you the entire show. Yeah. Well, so anyway, so she actually saves the life of one of the Kelpians and she saves a couple other people's lives. And this in turn sort of um, accelerates a process that was already underway to um, kill her and usurp the empire. Um, but anyway, the whole point is that this these two episodes show her that she is no longer that person she is no longer the emperor and even though she's still a badass she has changed fundamentally she is a different person she has she grown is, as a person she has and that was the whole point of her going through the portal was that carl wanted to make sure that she was worthy of being saved and that's just it now now the guardian is now judging people apparently and but it's like, and, and this is what I was sad about this because there's plenty of species out there that could have done this without actually retconning the well, uh, guardian forever. That? Yeah, do we, we do. That? The Organians could have done this easily. How could they have done it? We never saw them the doing time had, travel. The, the Organians are, were omnipotent beings, pretty much. They were beings they of pure energy. Yeah. But we don't know that they had time travel. They had anything they wanted. Yeah, I think if I think if uh, Star Trek, if Starfleet, the Federation had uh, time ships by the 28th century or whatever, someone who's ascended to pure energy can probably just pop back a week and remind themselves they need to take out the garbage and then come back if they want. (laughs) Or 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 we know Q can do whatever Q wants to do. And I actually at first I thought Carl was a Q. Yeah, but it's not like disappointed we haven't seen anything from the Q. Yeah, it's not like they can just go and summon the Q at will. Well, well, yeah, but he usually takes an interest in such things, especially it's like Picard. Why hasn't he been playing with Picard? I mean, maybe he grew bored with it all. Do do you know how you summon a Q at will? I mean, maybe once Picard became partially artificial, like Q was like, meh, not as interesting. So Picard bot won't won't appeal to Q. Probably not. Because that's what he is now, is Picard bot. Spoiler alert. The way you summon (laughs) Q at will is you pull up a history of Picard interacting with Q, and you're just like, man, that Q is sure boring and predictable. (laughs) (laughs) And then that just teases him. Summons the Q. I I I didn't know that Carl was the Q that we're used to. But we know there's more than more than just one Q in the Q continuum. True. Well, yeah. I thought, I thought Carl a was a was a different Q, but 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 all the Q go sense. by the name Q. Yeah, but, and Carl but doesn't. Q, Q um, well, he he basically he, he can give whatever name he wants, but it's they like all call themselves ha, Q. How do you how do you stop an omnipotent being? It's like if he wants to call himself Carl, he can call himself Carl if he wants. But I thought he was a Q, but and it's like we know that Q can do anything he wants. Say what? You bring them cookies. That's how you stop them. <laughs> Little acts of love. Right. Please don't destroy us, omnipotent Q. You disarm them with your charm. Oh. They don't care. <laughs> so, anyway, 
I feel that the at Q the are end of the to charm at the end of the two parter, Giorgio ends up going through the actual Guardian of Forever to some point in the past where the mirror universe uh, before our universe and the mirror universe diverged. That's all we know at this point, but that I believe sets up the start of the new Section 31 series starring Michelle Yeoh. So she's out of discovery now. Correct. Well, yeah. But it's like, I wonder how they're going to, I mean, deal with the fact that she now has a full understanding of like 31st century technology. So they're going back in time again. Well, just, Correct. just, just, uh, just the emperor, just Georgia. Well, no, the show, there's going to be yeah. another show. Yeah. Right. It's going to be show. But we don't know how far prequel. in the past it's going. Well, actually we do. We know it's before the, the two universes diverge. So it would have to be before Kirk and Spock in the initial mirror, mirror the, episode. The question is, well, no, no, it doesn't have to be before. Yeah, it has to be like before that. You're right. Men in black. Back What's that? In time by Pitbull. That's, that's the key question. Are they going to get a theme song for going back in time? Like the men in black did on number three for, with Pitbull. Anything's possible. I never did happen. actually see Men in Black 3. How was that? It was fun. It was, it's it, always fun. It, yeah, all right. That's a good way to put it. It was fun. It yes. was. It was fun. How about it, international? You have to accept as entertainment. Like, it is a temporary distraction to, to just get away oh. and take a break from fucking reality. Oh, there, there, were, uh, there were Mirror Mirror episodes in Next Gen. So well, not next gems. Um, Deep Space Nine, which is same time period as next gen. Yeah. So uh, the mirror universe still was crossable then. So, right. Yeah. Uh, so anytime a couple times, it went over for a two parter at least. But yeah. next gen was what a hundred years after the original series, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're nine hundred and thirty years ahead, and they said did, now did the they... two universes are so apart, far apart that you can't cross. Well, where do you think she's going to end up? I think she's going to end up somewhere near the time of Anson Mount's uh, series. Yeah, just I do so too. They can, so they can interact. But I do too. So here's an interesting thought. Like, you know, Western culture and these TV shows, you get um, time travel and, you know, perceiving the what could have been and what might have been. And uh, are we one of the only, because of how romance language allows for the past like, do they have these types of themes in other languages where there is no past possible? So, like, for I remember reading an article by uh, a very <laughs> interesting scholar whose parents had gotten on the boat from Vietnam um, to flee when the Americans had to leave, too, because, you know, any allies were being killed and one of their boats, like, another boat had been blown up and blah, blah, blah. And so having grown up being bilingual English and Vietnamese, he asked his father in Vietnamese, have you ever thought about had we never got on the boat, what would have happened to us? And the father's like, what do you mean? We got on the boat. Like in Vietnamese language, there is no, this could have happened had we not done this. There is only the past, the past is set. There is no possible difference. And now we're moving forward. No one else. Yeah. 
There is no, had I left five minutes earlier, I could have gotten into a car wreck. Like it's just the past set. And what English allows us to do is we're creating exactly. these fantastical different stories and productions. And, you know, they've been with us for a long time of time travel and changing the future and things like that. But there are other languages and cultures where there is no possibility for that. So they're completely missing so the I, point I, of... Well, yeah, but, but like, what if you had a time travel show that was written by Hobie, who don't really have tenses in their, in their language? It's like, can you have a time travel show if time is more fluid and it's like i don't think you realize how hard it is to actually talk about ha not having tenses because everything i'm saying right now has some kind of time tense in it past present future well, i don't even everything we talk that. about You're but the hope you don't do that so how would a time travel show written by hopi actually look i think that'd be fascinating to tell you the truth but you're not going to find time travel as an idea um I mean, much before H.G. Wells in our culture, there's no Greek stories about time travel. True. No, that's, that's actually a good point. Like, I, I felt like there was, some, like, in the Renaissance, some type of ability to go back. There's ability to go back and talk to the past. Yeah, that's, and yeah you can go back and talk to the past, but there's no actual going back and changing it. No, no you're I'm right. going to go back in time. What about Charles Charles Dickens' concept of time travel? All people, yeah, all people really talking to ghosts in the past would be yeah, efforts to change the past. Being haunted by the past. Yeah, you have so, Charles Dickens who went back with the ghost of Christmas past yeah, to see previous Christmases yeah. and future Christmases. Yeah, right. those are all the same time period, really. Well, I mean, well, right. all right, no, I, I don't. I thought than Dickinson. What's that, Jenna? Well, Charles just said that. Um, Maybe I'm wrong. They're all the same yeah, time period, but Dickinson. Came, I thought Wells is much after Dickinson. Different yeah, Wells is. You're right. Well, Dickens is uh, earlier, in early eighteen, mid eighteen hundreds. Yeah. But it almost seems like a burden to have that ability to look past, like. I mean, it makes for interesting TV and, and art and things like that. But if you think about it in those who speak our language and grow up mentally with the language that you can change the what if uh, of the past, it creates a, that burden of regret. Because that's yes. what got me thinking about it. It's like regret, like go back and change the what you've done and, and going forward. If you could yeah. go back change it that that guilt of regret when there are some languages there is no regret because there is no going back to change it is what it is yeah so maybe that's kind of what the role of like prophecy or something was in uh the olden days before time travel is you'd get a message from the gods about something that would happen in the future and change it now or you're yeah. doomed to live it that and the drugs. Yeah. It was about the two things. F fix the problem before you make the mistake and do the drugs. A lot of those prophets were, were fed off of like drugged wine and things like that. Couldn't the book of Revelations be looked at as kind of a prophecy time travel thing? Yep. Um, Nostradamus. Yeah. Um, here it says, here I found an article where it says um, uh, time travel appears in the ninth century Hindu text the Mahabharata. Um, oh. 
What did they do with it? Uh, it says uh, it involved a one-way trip. People fell asleep and woke up in the future. Ah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, like, the, you and know, everybody was wearing face masks. Even more. If you guys, I think, would love this, uh, <laughs> there's a really cool book talking about like prophets and prophecies and, you know, how you'd go to the, the oracles to get your guidance, you know, so you don't make a mistake like Seth was just saying. Right. There's a new book on how a lot of those oracles and mysteries were psychedelic driven. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, and this guy who can read both Greek and uh, a few other ancient languages, like really started digging into that more and archaeological evidence of spiked wines. So that there's a fun holiday reading book oh, yeah. for you guys on it. It's called uh, "The Immortality Key: The Secret History of Religion with No Name." There's, so. there's there's like gases that emit from the Oracle of Delphi, which could cause some kind of mind altering experience. But yeah, I think that was from too oh. much chili, though. Nah. I don't, the Greeks weren't famous for their chili, man. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, not famous. All the things. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> So we're not going to let you do that anymore, Bill. No more puns. Stop it. It's like, I don't. I gave up puns. What? You just. You sure didn't give them up the other day when we were playing D and D. You were just dropping puns like they were, like they were weaponized. You, you were like, <laughs> well, trying to kill us all. That's a good segue. How is D and D going? For those who are not following your D and D show, what's yeah. what's well, actually? I, I'd like to mention. Something. Let me let me review something here that's just interesting to me. The first uh, time travel book, is, uh, according to uh, Wikipedia and such, <laughs> um, was a, it. Was is that the clock called, that went backward? Yeah, the L and Crow Chrono people. That was that was eighteen eighty seven. H. G. Wells did his, and it's I think it's eighteen ninety five. But the uh, Dickens. Dickens is interesting because that was 1843. Mm-hmm. Um, so the concept, yeah, no, I just, I, I know I'd seen things where H.G. Wells have been given credit that things, things are not, uh, the concept of time actually changed in the populace. But if uh, Dickens had done, if, if the ghost took him into the past. Right. Uh, in the future, I guess it didn't give. Yeah, in the future. But no, I mean, it had to have been a pop- right. Wells gave us the machine. He gave us right. the science versus yeah. Dickinson, who gave us the the divine act of I'm all the powers. That might, yeah, it might just, yeah, the, the idea of a machine doing it was impossible to us. Maybe it could be. I don't know. Well, with yeah, the but, industrial revolution, it's perfect timing because now man has created these things like, holy crap, look what we can make. What else could we make? Could we eventually go to the moon and travel in time? Making stuff that maybe we shouldn't make. All the things we shouldn't make. <laughs> so, Like on, superheroes. On a scale of 1 to 10, how does Star Trek do Discovery or DS9 or just in general do compared with other movies when it deals with time travel movies or shows uh either well it's like the star trek movies i think they only did time travel once but 
that was yeah, in in terms of your you know your yeah. opinion whether it's a show or a movie how do you rank them versus other series that deal with time travel how do you want to good or bad what criteria do you want to hang it by it's like i mean because like i said yeah. sometimes they go back in time and they're actually supposed to be there and they didn't even know it sometimes yes. they go back in time because they change time and they have to fix it um uh and and that i you know I, I don't know. It's like, I think time travel, I mean, Star Trek is literally the, the, the centerpiece of modern time travel science fiction discussion. Mm -hmm. I think like, it takes it much more seriously than like Doctor Who, which sort of has exactly. a, a wink and a nod yeah. approach to time travel. Doctor Who is very entertaining, but it's, uh, it, it really literally garbage in terms of like the science behind time. Well, it, it enjoys contradicting itself. In fact, the doctor mm -hmm. seems when someone thinks they know what's going on, the doctor goes out of his way to prove that they don't. <laughs> it's like, and I, that's okay. That's okay. That's just what they do. Yeah. But it's like Star Trek, you know, set up the whole idea. I mean, not, not the whole idea of time travel, but the modern interpretation, just like the mirror universe that a lot mm -hmm. of shows, they invented the mirror universe. But this uh, thing they're using still a technology they don't understand, correct? Well, yeah. There's there's lots of different ways to time travel. In fact, the Enterprise can sh uh, slingshot around the sun and go back in time. Yeah, makes tons of so, sense. It, it, <laughs> right. I mean, I don't. Well, here's the thing, though. I don't know if Star Trek may be playing with time travel, and time travel may be new, but I don't think a the concept of a mirror universe is exactly new. I feel like that's been around for a long time, like the concept that there could be evil versions of ourselves, doppelgangers and whatever. But well, maybe the, that's just more... How, how we conceptualize it in a modern sense was definitely laid down by Star Trek. The darkest yeah. timeline. Which well, came straight from Star Trek, I do believe. In fact, because, yeah, Abed was like wearing a fake beard. <laughs> it's like a goatee. Yeah, because because they were the evil timeline. I'm sad I don't. No, they decide to be the evil timeline. Well, they they were the evil timeline, but it just it, but Abed's the one that you know, Abed. God, I missed that show. I heard the movie's been approved. What shows that? Continue uh, community. community. Yeah, I've never heard of it. You haven't seen. I I think oh, you would have seen Community. Oh, you, would, you and Linda would really like you. Yeah, you would. find it you on would. a streaming service and start watching it. It's, it's on, on Netflix. It, it's on Netflix and it's not animated, so you will watch it. <laughs> no, it's, it's great. It's, it, it's, it's nerdy. It's fun. Okay. The writing is really good. The see all the season finales are they just go Amazing. over the top. It's like, fantastic. It's really one of those episodes, like TV shows, like if you've had a long day and the fucking news and the social media is driving you crazy, just pop this in and have an escape. Exactly. Okay. That, the, what Jana just said, that. We'll have it's some like, time over the holidays. We'll start watching it. You really yeah. should. It, yeah. it, you guys liked The Good Place, so yes, you should really like this. Okay. Like, All it's right. not a continuing story. Yeah, that's that like, it. Uh, the Good Place was. But like the characters and uh, just like the the episodes are all just so, so these nice. are the characters from yeah. 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 So all fun right. fact: Chevy Chase is in it, and he plays uh, the heir of a sanitary wipe, yeah, like family <laughs> mogul complex. And actually, in real life, he is that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you know. meant by heir, not 
not H E I R. I thought you were saying A I R, and I thought he's he plays a smell. Chevy Chase owns a sanitary <laughs> wipe company. His family did. Someone told me that, and I've oh. got to check myself to be true. Uh, I, did, I did not know that. <laughs> but now it's like we should have a community episode, so you should you should check that out, Bill. I, I think you you'll really like it. You will. Right. I promise you. Yeah, let's go put out. Oh, hey, is anybody uh, watching uh, his dark materials? I yeah, have started. We've to. got to watch that. Yes, we are. Yeah, we're. I'm watching still trying now. to figure out exactly what's going on, but I I, I like it. I are you do. watching season one? Yes. Okay. Where are you? Episode six, something like okay. that. Five right. or six. Yeah. It's 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 slowly coming out. It doesn't. It it definitely takes its time setting up its premise, which it can it can be really good. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that the uh, the Catholic Church advised their flock not to watch it because it painted religion in such a bad light oh good it, it kind of does and yeah I'm, 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 I, you know what i like most i think i think is the most uh, uh telling was that most of the religious folks in it so th there's the concept in this show of uh, a demon yeah i want is, a demon man which is I not do. like what we traditionally think of as as this evil personification of evil uh, a demon is basically your soul but it takes on the appearance of an animal and it's and everybody can see it and it follows you around and it talks yeah. to you and and it can interact with other people's demons and yeah. um most of the the they call it the, the church there is called the magisterium and most of the the order in the magisterium their demons or demons take the form of like insects or lizards or snakes you know, snakes yeah, so that's it. And and the other thing that's really cool about it is that they have sentient talking polar bears. What we'll have to, uh, we'll have to do a bears. show on this one. I feel like you point. borrow you buried the lead there, Bill. <laughs> I know that's awesome. You had me at sentient talking polar bears, <laughs> right? And you can see the, the people's demons down below there. So the monkey, the the, the lion. leopard, the uh, the the. Uh, hair well that, I mean, that monkey that monkey is an asshole too yeah well, so I mean, is his so is his owner yeah ruth, <laughs> ruth wilson plays that yeah, yeah. But, uh, i don't like her and her monkey yeah but bill yeah. are those they're not creatures that haunt them like no no. The, no 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 they're they're souls they're literally an extension yeah of it would, it's like the personification yeah. or the animalification of a soul yeah. so if the actually, animal gets yeah. hurt they get hurt if they get hurt their animal gets hurt if they die, their animal dies. It's and like, if their animal dies, they die. Yeah, they're all yep. they're all interconnected. What do you think your demon or demon would be, Bill? Mine, be a, probably a, a Labrador. Yeah, I'd be shooting for a cat, I think. But maybe a ferret. A ferret could be fine. Mine would be a ferret. My favorite animal is a black-footed ferret. But oh. there you go. Mine's a what is it? Huh. Interesting. Gen I don't know. Gen that seems a whole lot like the "What would your Patronus be?" question. Kind of exactly in that particular area right there. It's yeah. Like, ex yeah. Except I, I don't know. The Patronuses aren't around all the time. So the no. demons are. They're they're with you twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, and other people can see it. And the interesting thing. Uh, well, being from the Northwest, I did one of those little spirit animal things with. Anyway, mine's the badger. Ah. Well, I, I need a meme now that Charles Badger don't give a fuck. 
Just a regular badger or like a honey badger? Or... I don't remember. No, he's now Charles Badger. Charles Badger oh, don't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ain't pretty... no badger like a culturally appropriated badger, right, Charles? Yeah. What's what's that culture? What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think badger is what I was told. Yeah, so in the, in the show, you can't be very far from your demon and, and live. If you get separated by too well, much distance... Not supposed to be able to be far from your... Right, but apparently witches can. Witches yes. have the technology to do it. And they're, the magisterium and that, that bad woman with the monkey demon are trying to figure out a way to cleave people from their demons, um, which uh, they're having some success with but it just creates this soulless human mm -hmm. um in its way member of the trump administration pretty much <laughs> why would you want to be free so of your demon so a whole a whole land of stephen millers i don't know that's terrible no like i really want to see this it looks it looks a lot of fun and then i'm afraid it's going to get me addicted to a new book series yeah it, it is good it will. you'll like it i've read both uh the Golden Compass was the first book in the series, and then His Dark Materials was the second book. Mm -hmm. And uh, we read both of those; they were they were good, interesting. And I it, I like watching the the series. It's it's pretty faithful to the books, I think, so far for the most part. Yeah, Katie's read them, but I haven't. And I haven't read them on Gina's my read PBR them. list. Yeah. So there's just not enough time. There's so many good things coming out. Like you know to what? be a kid now. Yeah, be, like what you have access to in terms of entertainment is way different. Who's we, looking we forward to some... Wonder Woman 1984? Well, oh, I am. I've heard really good things about it. I think that'll be pretty awesome. I have heard very good things about it. So, yeah, I the am Lego sets for that movie have been out for the last six months now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little worried about Warner Brothers and the way they're going to distribute this. And I understand during COVID. We need to have something that allows us not to be exposed. But uh, how are the theaters going to survive the, the Warner well, they're Brothers not. model? They're it's not. Like, In well, fact, Linda was reading just the other day that uh, one of the chains, uh, do you remember which one it was, Linda? Was it AMC or one AMC of them? AMC is going to be broke by January. Yeah, they're going to be broke by January. So should, should I mean, if, if since they actually got the stimulus passed, are, is some of the stimulus money going to go to the theaters? Well, here's here's the the economical question. If the time of theaters has passed, why should we use money to prop them up? Right. If the technology has made theaters what it is, then maybe there's just not as many theaters. Only one or two survive for like people who can't afford the big screen. Right. And that money goes towards industries that are not ultimately going to fail or be reduced. Well, that's not how we work here, though. Or <laughs> true. That's or just the, I, you're not wrong, right. but that's just not how we operate. Exactly, we have industries that have been going away forever that we keep propping up with money. No, and they reason. shouldn't. Like I, I don't think they should. Yeah. Be propped up. Well, they the, problem, this... the problem, like my my hometown. Um. Yes. So when I when I was a very little kid, the only theater in town was propped up by a rich guy. And if that's what he chooses to do, then that's what he chooses right, to do. Because thought movies, like, well, right? But I'm saying that was before. That was before movies had run their. So, their what is your opinion, Charles? Charles, what's your opinion? 
I'm just saying that's not a correct statement, maybe. Do you want theaters to exist? Oh, no, I love theaters. I do, personally. Uh, I, I, I don't do too. know how it's going to work. But I, but I, Jenna Jenna is absolutely right. It's like, how, how can, can it be propped up? Even if it well, could be, keep, should it be? We keep talking about, like, what, uh, should the government do something to support the theaters? Should the studios do right. something to support? I mean, the technically, the studios have been propping yeah. up theaters for years, but just no, by they've delaying, been take, they've been just like, by delaying the release of streaming, right? By delaying the release of movies on streaming. Yeah, that yeah, that methodology months, is used that yeah, to keep theaters going theaters. for a while. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, streaming is relatively new. It's like the, I mean, they used to hand them down to like the cable channels after a good theater run. Right. I don't. I don't know how much money they got. I imagine they get a lot more money from their direct uh, stream than they do from the HBO. Well, they, it's like, like the studios though have been like the, the movie theaters don't make much off of ticket sales at all. That's why you've got ten, twelve dollar <laughs> popcorn and yeah. eight dollar pops yeah. is because that's where they have to make all their money from. Right. So maybe if the studios would let them keep a bigger slice of that pie, the theaters would be like a bit more profitable without having to like make their profit margins up in other areas. I don't I don't see in this day and age where the incentive is for studios to continue supporting theaters by delaying releases. Uh, I mean they, or you by still letting make them keep a lot of money, money off the box office. Well I mean well, that seems to be they Warner make a lot Brothers of money off the screen with Bill. Warner Brothers is totally on Bill's side, or Bill's on Warner Brothers' side, because that's exactly what they're doing. They're just they're cutting oh. out the middleman, which is the theater. I'm just saying, release it everywhere at the same time, and let the market forces decide. Well, well, when you say release it everywhere, do you mean like release it to rent on yeah. uh, Apple well, TV, or do you mean like with? HBO I mean, Max, where they've just got the movie and you can every, watch yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. If, if I everything. had the choice, let's say there was no pandemic this year, if I had the choice between going to see it in theater or streaming at home, I'd probably still go see it in theater. Exactly. I, I grew up on that experience. So should should uh, they not release directly to streaming right now because I, of COVID? I mean, because right now it's yeah. not, the, the playing field isn't equal. If you want to, I agree with mm -hmm. Bill, open it up. Let 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 the market decide. But right now, it wouldn't be the market deciding; it'd be COVID deciding. No, and I I think yeah. just shorten the time before they do start streaming. Let the people, the diehards who are going to still see stuff in theater, they're going to see it probably within the first two to four weeks. Yeah, yeah. So keep it for opening delay. weekend. Yeah. Well, look, people that want to see it in the theater are going to go see it in the theater anyway. Yeah. yeah. People that are not going to that are going to wait are not going to go see it in the theater. Yeah, my, even my if parents... it, even if you delay a month. My parents are the kind that, that don't go to the theaters, which is interesting because I grew up with them taking us to the theaters, right? It's a big thing for me. It's what we did together as a family. Yeah. Then as my sister and I grew up, moved out or whatever, they don't go anymore. They just wait till they can stream it or they can buy it on the shelves. They, they haven't been to the theater in like years. They rarely go. But but me, I would still go regardless of whether it's available in two weeks to stream or three days to stream or on the yeah. same day. I would still go in another not 2020 year yeah uh, i would still go to the theater regardless just because <clears> I, I want that experience i'll pay for the overpriced popcorn i'll throw them a few bucks i want them to keep going yep. um, even though i could technically present myself with a better experience at home uh i still enjoy that 
There's something to be said for that community viewing experience, yes. right? I can and go with all I'm, my friends. I can get 20 yeah. of them to go if I wanted. And it's, I'm with you, Chris. Social. Chris, it's I've social. been in your basement. You could have 20 friends over to watch a movie in your basement. I can now. But, <laughs> yes. but yes. still, that's not identical to what it would be it's with not. a theater full of strangers right. seeing and all well, reacting to this. To the well, same I've thing. even gone, I think we all have uh, a little bit. I've gone and watched older movies I've already seen. Same here. At yeah. the theater. And, and it'll be old movies. And I've watched those rather than the new releases sometimes. Yeah. I mean, nothing's ever... Nothing's going to compare to seeing... Uh, to going to a uh, Rocky Horror Picture yeah. showing in or live as opposed right. to watching it in your living room. I go or, to a completely or when you could not reserve a theater seat. So if you really wanted the good seat for this new movie you've been waiting for for months or mm -hmm. years even, yeah. you're going to go like an hour and a half, two hours ahead of time and just sit on the floor with your friends and play <laughs> cards and talk yeah. waiting waiting to go get seated in the theater. I do I do actually that. miss that a little bit. Back in college we would uh, like there we'd spend hours in line with our game boys or our uh ds's and we'd be doing multiplayer on them and run the batteries out how do you think uh theaters can reinvent themselves i we think they already, they already have well i mean yeah. they got it they're gonna have to do more because well the done, restaurants but... and the bars help yeah, that, that is the cool the, the alamo concept is yeah the alamo kind of yeah it's i i almost only go to the alamo now yeah. especially like during this time of year they have movie parties yeah, so yeah. i've gone back to see die hard like in the last five years like four times in the yeah, waitresses that come yeah I, I like to go to the rift tracks to, at alamo for sure yeah so it's like yeah um, like the alamo is making the alamo like really started in my opinion or like for at least for me started making movie going even more of an experience like like with the watch parties the food that they brought to the table you could get beer and drinks yep. just delivered to yeah. you screaming yeah. children get escorted out of the theater yes <laughs> the yes. their before their before movie programming is like something i actually want to show up early to see yes. as yeah. opposed to like t almost an hour of ads where you're just like yeah yeah now chris and yeah not even movie ads they're like literally ads like all yeah. state chris mentioned something and i just want a quick show of hands all those that think die hard is a christmas movie raise your hand uh, it's a Christmas movie. No, why not? Why not? <laughs> All right, it's unanimous. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's awesome. I, I saw it. Yay, motherfucker! Although I did find the recent meme oh, yeah. hilarious that someone said it's it's a uh, Bruce Willis climbing through air vents in a building trying to avoid Alan Rickman is a Harry Potter movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Linda's pulled up here on the screen uh, something we should talk about in the well, fact you, that HBO Max and Roku just came to a deal the other day. I'm pretty happy about that person. Yeah. Finally. Isn't yeah. that, that is yeah. phenomenal. Damn. About time. I was so tired of Chromecasting. The problem with Chromecasting is that every time you want to pause it or something, you've got to log into your laptop or your phone yeah. uh, to pause it, and it's just a real pain in the in the posterior. So having that uh, Roku remote able to grab that is also awesome. 
we have the new Roku, like the surprising amount of do-it-yourself channels and interesting yeah. like channels you can stream anytime are pretty cool. And it's yeah. me and Aaron are actually like, this is this could be a potential problem for us because we love the do-it-yourself <laughs> shows. We did start streaming. Uh, we started. We checked out Dust, which is a sci-fi channel, yes. sci-fi shorts. And we were watching that the other day, but I did find out there is definitely one downside, at least to that channel. And my suspicion is that maybe uh, endemic to the other channels in that similar vein as well. And that is we were watching an episode and, you know, so you watch like five minutes or something or 10 minutes and then you get like two minutes of commercials and then you watch for another five to 10 minutes and you get two minutes of commercials and you can't of course fast forward through the commercials so we had just gotten through the second set of commercials and one of my dogs jumped up in my lap knocked my roku remote on the floor and it went back to the home screen no and i'm like god dang it so we we started dust back up again went into the show but i couldn't resume I had to start at the beginning. So fortunately, I could fast forward through the show until the commercial points. I had to watch four minutes of commercials just to get back to where I was in the show. And so based on that, I'm like, yeah, this is... So you're blaming Roku for your dog. I'm just saying I should have the ability to resume. I get that on Netflix. I get that on HBO Max. I get that on Amazon. Give me the ability to resume. Netflix isn't giving you commercials, though. No, true. That's true. Usually, I don't mind commercials, but I can I can resume on CBS All Access. I, I have a problem with commercials when it's very redundant. Yeah, and that's and, what and these were. Streaming services, a lot of them are repetitive. Yep. And I, it's better on a TV, frankly, because it doesn't seem to be as like cable television doesn't seem to be as repetitive as streaming ads are, and that's driving me nuts these days. Because I've started shifting to other services that that are ad based. And it is driving me nuts. I'm sick of seeing the same 20 ads over like two or three hours. It makes me get up and just stop streaming. Yeah, it makes me not want to over time, deal with the vendor that's doing as, that advertising. As, as the networks start dying more and more, you're going to see the ads switching more and more to to those. I, I imagine well, it will change over time. All your ads are targeted now. Like they use the data from your streaming, from your browsing, from your Amazon history to serve you ads that they think will apply to you. And that's why you see a lot of the samey stuff. I don't know if it's CBS or Hulu, but one of them will stop mid ad or as it's rolling an ad, it'll pop up and ask you your preferences. So Mm. basically like, which of these would you rather see for the next five hours repeatedly? I oh, don't yeah. care. Yeah, I don't care. Well, right the now, answer I, just times out and keeps going. But right now, I'm seeing the folly of my Chris. way. Yeah. Choose what? the form of the destructor. The <laughs> yeah, basically, destructor. that is exactly what that is. <laughs> I think I think I'm uh, reaping uh, unintentional rewards from my decision years ago when I signed up for Facebook. Uh, I told him that I was born in like 1925 because I figured <laughs> they'd be less likely to advertise to somebody in their 90s. But now I'm seeing all these end of life commercials. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. End of life planning. And it's got me really <laughs> depressed. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. that's dark. It's, yeah. uh, it's one of those things where if if you're just done trying to protect your personal information, and you can just open the floodgates and say, just take all my information that way. I only see what I care to see. 
it yeah. could be a really great system. It really could. I mean, what they want to do is to have it so that, you know, when you get up in the morning, you say, hey, Alexa or Google or whatever, and, you know, what's the weather like? And it's like, oh, we noticed that, you know, every year around this time you, you know, you buy something for winter for your car or whatever. We can automatically wear that for you. You turn on the TV. It's got ads that, that have to do with your day. How much of your internet history do you want that. them to check out, though? I mean, you well, might start getting some really weird ads. Well, you know, yeah, Google Google has stated that their intention is to be able to start advertising stuff to you before you even know you yes. want it that you're going to want based on like. see, other things that's going on in your life. They can predict. Grocery stores do it with did. their coupons. Yeah. They, they, they go through your, your pattern, your, your purchasing behaviors. They can mm -hmm. do it by your zip code, everything that you do. Grocery stores have been doing it for a long time now. Mm -hmm. um, but there, there is this on, on the data side, um, from an IT side or whatever, it's one of the biggest pros and cons when you, when you try and secure that data is the more you close yourself down, the more you're going to find future technology is not going to work for you. Right. Uh, I struggle with that personally just because I like the automation stuff that I can do, but it requires like all of the Google Home stuff will break if you start turning off all of these location awareness, all these other things, it just right. doesn't work anymore. Right. So what, what happens when uh, like your, your technology is now predicting what you, what uh, you're going to need based on what you want now and what's probably going to be happening in the future. Have you, all you receive a shipment of like five bottles of whiskey <laughs> and then the next day your girlfriend breaks up with you. <laughs> Like, have you all seen The Social Dilemma yet? No. Yes. No. I don't think so. Yeah. It like, it's good. on Netflix. It's the documentary that they did on the uh, humble effects of social media. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's really it, good. But anything's going to be better than the way uh, I've, I, I think it's just been awful the last, the last 20 years that I will build a fence or something on, do something on the house. And it doesn't matter if I looked online or not. And when I'm done, about two weeks later, I'll get a bunch of coupons in the mail. <laughs> yeah, after you've already spent yeah, the money. After you've already bought it. I've moved on to the sprinkler system or whatever. And I, it's just like, why can't you guys, if I'm building something, then give me, yeah, next year I'm probably going to do something on the house also. So well, the, the, trick, the trick, Charles, is that you go out to these sites online and put the yeah. stuff that you want into your cart, but you don't buy it. Then yeah. a day later, they send you the yeah. coupons. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's, that's how it works. So, oh, oh, then that would explain. Like, okay, I went looking for Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Yeah, a couple days ago, mm -hmm. I, I did. I literally put it in my cart, but I didn't yeah. get it because I was thinking about it. And I went back, and uh, it's it was like thirty percent off. Yeah, that's what they do. They you they they buy, wait you, for you to you put stuff in your cart, and then if you don't buy, then they start discounting it or sending you coupons or whatever to, to force I that will decision. remember that don't, yes. don't, don't buy your RPG stuff from Amazon buy it from local game shops it costs like twice as much I don't care <laughs> Seth will cover the difference okay. you will feel better supporting your local I game go shop. and I buy things at game stores that I don't uh, care to buy it uh, online like, like little figurines and um my Funko Pops, I like going to the, the stores for those, but it's like, I'm not, I mean, like Jenna said, 
if 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 the game stores are going to have to accommodate or they're going to have to go away it Jenna cuts both ways Jen, well that's what she's saying about movie theaters is that uh, we can't prop them up and it's like you want me to prop up the game store so that, we're not propping up the game store we're supporting them through freaking covid when they can't what's, have people what, over. all right what's the difference it's between that real theater so with the movie theaters it's yeah. just buying stuff from them as opposed to amazon there is no difference yes no, there is there is I not a bit of difference. difference between purchasing something from amazon versus purchasing a local store on no like smaller in- material things that you're going to have there's no difference between not supporting the theaters in terms of dealing with COVID at this time. You can't go to theaters and buy a movie. Like but you can buy anything else. There. You can buy you can if you want you can buy, to support you can buy your local drink, theater. You can go to the bar at the theater. You can do yeah. it. You can buy stuff through there. You can buy gift, gift yeah, buy gift certificates at yeah. your local theater. My you, thing is more we like we do want to support our local businesses through this because we don't want to have Amazon as our only stupid option. I kind of want some of that weird butter popcorn that you can only find at movie theaters. It's like I do. So can I get like, that? Can I go and buy that? More from the perspective of government, like let's like using taxes to support to prop up industries that are failing. But but then again, then but, when do you start propping up artists, individual yeah. artists too? Because that's another industry. No, well, it's a, it's a complicated question. Indeed. I just right now my bigger concern is not so much for the theater; it's for all the people who are about to get evicted. Like, yeah, where should we put resources? And I think which yeah. so that but that's the whole <laughs> not the trick of it. But with the eviction things, that shouldn't be happening. Period. We shouldn't have to prop up a business. So these people get checked so they don't get evicted. We shouldn't be evicting them in the first place. Right. Well, there's going to be a lot of government popcorn. See, now you're talking. See, I I already hear the Republicans coming after you screaming you're a socialist. This is true. Yep. (laughs) Exactly what's going to happen. I agree with everything you just said. But there's a a very uh, big demographic in this country that will start chasing you with pitchforks and torches. It's so political that. that... that we're not doing the things that we should be doing, which prevents some of this other crap from happening in the first place. Indeed, so, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> and on that so note, support your local businesses and uh, <laughs> right. make sure as we go into the new year, you keep checking on your friends because holidays right now, especially in COVID, really suck for a lot of people. Jenna, are you doing okay? <laughs> the stress welts have gone down, so. <laughs> Did you, speaking of, uh, are we doing okay? Did you see the news today about the the new COVID variant in London? That's seventy uh, percent. They just locked down again, like a tier yeah. four lockdown or something. It's seventy percent more transmissible, and they also said that it's got, uh, I think it was twenty three <laughs> mutations, which is a very high number of mutations for a virus, and they so, don't know exactly what that means yet. So but I understand the vaccine this still flu, works on it. Should we be really all that surprised that there's another variant? No. I mean, we get vaccines every year for the flu and things like that because it, right. it's expected to change and improve, if you will, or just. Well, I heard the, the, the vaccine still works with it, though. Yeah. Yeah. So if the vaccine still works for it, that's good. But nobody should really be surprised that we're about a year beyond when this all started. It's gonna, it's gonna continue to change. It's gonna continue to morph. It's yeah. I mean, it's do yeah. what other viruses do. It's so, on the it's on the loose in the world now. So like any virus, it's going to mutate. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So I, I did, yeah, I did see that. And, and I was talking to Gina about it last night and I said, that is a concern, but I'm not as concerned. I'm not surprised. Yeah. When we look at any other virus that's out there. So, yeah, I'm just hoping um, that they don't find that it's 70% more lethal. Yes. No, they, no. I, the article I read said that it isn't supposed to be more lethal, just more infectious. Uh, the <laughs> likelihood is that it's not. They said typically when these mutate, they don't become more deadly. Well, they I just mean, become easier to transmit. But well, with these number of uh, mutations uh, in this one, they're not sure yet until they complete the full. Still too early, right. Yeah. Increased, yeah. Well, increased uh, transmission is increased uh, lethalness for senior citizens. So it's funny. Um, it's like with everything in the COVID and how easy it can be transmitted, you may not even have it. Like now I've got a candle. So if I need to like do a check, like, do I have COVID? Nope. <laughs> I'm good. Right. I, yeah, I can't quite. What would that be like? What is it like to lose your sense of smell? Well, I, I so can't quite even like, imagine it. No, and, and I hear it's horrible, especially for eating. So it's been oh, I bet it is, yeah. they've, seen, they've seen two levels of this impact actually businesses where people are buying scented candles on Amazon and then there's giving these horrible reviews like doesn't have a smell, blah, blah, blah. They don't understand that they have COVID. And then- um, like recently, <laughs> That's terrible. I saw- That's okay. awful. So if you've this ever- This candle been, doesn't smell like anything. I can't smell this candle, it's terrible. Give me well, my money like, back. Well, part of that is, uh, so Stokes is a really good restaurant here in Omaha and it's really flavorful food. Like I love the flavors. And this person left this one star review saying, oh, this chicken is terrible. Like none of the food has any flavor or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you probably have COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so I know I, know I had, there was, a, there was a thing on the internet where some gal uh, realized she, she bought a, like a caramel latte. She was doing a review live and yeah. she couldn't taste it. And that's when she realized, she realized while filming herself I did that uh, to Linda about a week ago. We were out and we got some takeout food somewhere and we were uh, on our way, maybe out to Mahoney or something, eating it in the car. And I said, God, this this hamburger has absolutely no taste to it. Linda's eyes get big and she You're looks- You're such an asshole. <laughs> Why is Linda still with you? <laughs> How many years have you been dealing with this for, Linda? Many. You're the most- many. You're more patient than anyone I've ever heard because of. Because she's got the good life insurance policy on Bill. <laughs> when this is all done, she's going to aware at the end of the day. She's going to sell all his stuff. <laughs> oh my god! I uh, had I had a scare a couple weeks ago. I got a new kind of mouthwash, and it was apparently super strong. Mm. So I used it before bed. And then the next morning I woke up and like all my taste buds were dead from this stuff. <laughs> and so I like was eating my breakfast and I'm like, this. Can't taste anything. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh God, is this it? It was like, okay, no, I've got my sense of smell and I can kind of a little bit taste things. <laughs> but it was just this stupid mouthwash. It lasted for like 48 hours. Oh, God. Not good. Haven't used that stuff since. Well, I think we're uh, about at a good stopping point here. We've uh, had some good discussion today, I think, on a lot of lot of topics. So, Still didn't talk about the boys. I tried to segue <laughs> us into it, but that didn't happen. <laughs> when, did, when did you try to segue us into that? 
when uh, Jenna said something about uh, creating things that uh, no one wanted, and I was like, superhero, like superheroes, and then Bill just continued <laughs> I on. I did notice that. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I That tried. was such a subtle segue that it's like it turned into just a speed bump, and we rolled right over. <laughs> like, yeah. I, tried, I tried for you, John. I really did. I appreciate that. It's like, we will well, we'll next talk time. about the boys in season uh, two, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. boys. Or next time, if we run out cover. of stuff after we talk about the Mandalorian. Yeah, I was gonna say, don't don't lie to yourself, Bill. Right. We're just gonna talk about the Mandalorian. <laughs> I, I <laughs> right. know. That, and, and you thank... need to watch. You need to watch Community, Bill. You really. I will really, watch that. You will thank yourself. All you, of our. You will thank Jenna. All of our listeners finish watching The Mandalorian because we're going to talk about the ending next week. It is phenomenal. Oh, so speaking of demons, here's one of mine. That's yes. Katie's yeah. demon. You yeah, you're right. This is Katie's demon. <laughs> well, the, the the thing is about Mandalorian is that if we told you pissed. what happened, yeah, you would like be that. really <laughs> mad at us. Right. So we you would be really, really upset. Uh, All if right. We told you what happened with the, with Mandalorian, so we're I'm, not. I'm watching that. that today. I think. Watch so. it today. Well, good. That means you'll be home because Seth, I'm dropping something off. Oh, really? Yes. Mm. All right. Well, and you good. too, Bill and Linda. Ooh. Uh oh. Ooh. But we may not be home. Oh. We're supposed to be uh, meeting the Josh and Katie, I think, down in the old market after this. So, but we'll be home later. All right. Depending well, upon when you're coming by, but everyone, it's been a hell of a fucking year. Yeah, so. <laughs> looking forward to the end. I think the next our next podcast will be next year. So let's kiss this dumpster fire goodbye. Yeah, yeah, everyone. Everybody want to give the uh, double finger salute to 2020. Oh yeah, 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Seth, actually, uh, that's what you should call this episode. Let's kiss this dumpster fire goodbye. Yes. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, thanks for tuning in for another episode. We will see you in two weeks. Uh, thanks for sticking out. through us through this year. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sticking with us. And uh, we're looking forward to a, a much happier and uh, more successful 2021. So um, take care. and We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well. <laughs>